Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vendo Amazon and Walmart Growth Podcast. Uh, we're back today. Jason and I are back uh, to talk retail media. This is going to be part two of our of our series. Um, I'm Nicholas Martinez, VP of Marketing here at Vendo. Perfect. And I'm Jason, and I lead the marketplace advertising efforts at Vendo. Yeah. And so uh, if you didn't catch our last episode on retail media, uh, we focused on search-based advertising. We went over, you know, high level, what is retail media, the various benefits of retail media, um, how brands should use retail media. Um, and then in this part, uh, part two, we're going to be talking about the next generation offerings, some of the ways to think about where retail media should come into play, and a lot of more uh, tips and tricks. Uh, you know, retail media is uh, fastly evolving. So Hopefully we can give you guys some uh, tips that will help you jump in and, and see success early on. Um, so yeah, Jason, if you want to kick it off and just kind of give an introduction into what we're talking about and we can dig in. Perfect. Yeah, no, perfect introduction. In terms of what we discussed last time, it was primarily search-based advertising. So leveraging um, you know, PPC to then drive sponsored product awareness on uh, e-commerce websites that the retailers own. Today, what we're going to kind of talk about is the addition to that, which is display and programmatic advertising. So basically, the next step is once uh, within the retail media landscape, brands have started and explored PPC, how they can complement those efforts and continue to find and expand upon the audiences that they're either already targeting or already own. And basically how those offerings are continuing to evolve based off of now the rapid adaptation of the retail media landscape. Yeah, very, very interesting. And so um, maybe do you want to kind of start by giving a few examples around different retail media platforms, kind of the nuances of how they work and the way that, you know, you and the team are thinking about them? Yeah, absolutely. So typically what we've seen is the biggest uh, still retail media uh, marketplace in the world is Amazon. So Amazon has close to about a 75 to 80% share of all retail digital media spend. So they're still the largest player in the space. But what we've seen is tons of other different retailers and marketplaces now try to close the gap in terms of what Amazon has built and leverage a lot of the same opportunities there. So Walmart was, is the second largest followed by Instacart, and then kind of so on down the line. And um, basically what we've seen develop across Amazon and Walmart in the last couple of years is now what other retailers are really building out so that they can either run through managed service offerings where they still run the campaigns for brands or ideally uh, open up the floodgates where they're going to become a little bit more accessible for smaller brands to run self-service across those same offerings. Um, and so basically what that means is Historically, uh, DSP and programmatic ads have had spend limits and campaign spending limits that were a barrier to entry for a lot of smaller brands. Those are becoming to get, basically being broken down in terms of the availability to run them so that now brands can start targeting and growing their audience outside of people who might not just be searching for that specific product. Now you can actually target from either a category or behavioral standpoint as well. Interesting. And so with kind of Amazon and Walmart leading the way of, of kind of like the model uh, for, for how other, you know, retail networks can, media networks can work, what would you say like are, are kind of like the, the most common, um, I guess, best practices that, Am you know, if, if, 
if I'm a if I'm an up and coming retail media network, like what what do I want to be taking note of to yep. provide the most value to the the brands on my platform? So I would say just trying to kind of what we were discussing earlier before we hopped on the podcast is everything in regards to advertising is related to availability of ad inventory. Eventually you're going to exhaust what's available from a sponsored product standpoint and being able to find and deliver ads on other placements and other offerings to complement those other efforts is going to just basically provide you more real estate within that same page. And so what we're seeing then is rather than solely running sponsored product ads, if you complement that with a display or a video ad, you know, through category targeting, someone say has interacted with your brand previously, but didn't purchase by being able to create additional digital touch points, you're increasing your likelihood of bringing them back into your funnel and then purchasing or taking the action that you're looking for. And so what we build out in terms of best practice with our brands, it differs, it differs per marketplace still. Um, but it's complementing what we're seeing work from a search standpoint, knowing kind of what the audience is looking for, and then trying to place different ad formats in front of them through programmatic advertising. And so um, I actually have my on my screen up what Instacart just rolled out across um, their marketplace was going to share that with everybody from a visual standpoint so that um, it's a little bit easier to understand. So within Instacart's advertising dashboard, Everything is in inclusive of that same console, which is kind of nice. So their sponsored product and display ads are all within the same dashboard, which is great. Um, basically, what they've really expanded on in the last couple of, of months is being able to build out landing pages. So again, taking a page from the Amazon template, building out a landing page where you can educate your consumers further on the product, your brand, um, expose different shoppable products. You can see here, you can select anywhere between three and 20 products. Typically what we've done here is broken those out by either category or similarities. Um, and then instead of paying on a price per click model, you're paying on a CPM bid, which is basically you're paying per 1000 impressions instead of on individual clicks. But then what's really kind of exciting about the, the display offerings, and this is similar across a lot of the different display tactics, is you can target based off of either behaviors or on Instacart, even still by search terms. And so if you look at some of the, the different behavioral shortcuts that they just have released in the last couple of months, you can target people who are new to the category or your brand, um, or as it starts to get lower into the funnel, you could even say, okay, I'm going to go after and try to build strategies around people who have bought within the category that I'm selling in, but have not bought my brand. You can buy people who have interacted with your brand, but haven't previously purchased. And then as you start getting into some different retargeting tactics, you can start to also cross-sell your, your products. So if you have two different kind of uh, complementary product lines and categories, you can cross-sell and expose them to new products that they might not have purchased prior and then what's really exciting about some of these new releases is being able to really prevent brand erosion long-term. So now on Instacart specifically, you have the ability to re-engage lapsed purchasers. And then you can also run individualized campaigns for loyal customers as well. So what's becoming more important, as you can see, there's so many different behavioral uh, opportunities there, is then understanding who your audience is where they are in your purchasing journey, and then creating content and ads to match where that person is in that cycle. So if you're looking to expose them to a new UPC, your copy or imagery might be different than if you're looking to expose someone 
who's already a loyal buyer and purchases, you know, three or four times per year. And so those are just some of the different options in terms of what's become available on Instacart. It's very similar if you look at other retail media marketplaces when you're building out media plans. And basically, then what we work on brands is understanding what their spend is going towards. Is it towards acquiring new customers? Is it towards retargeting pre-existing customers? And then by understanding kind of what the brand is looking for in terms of campaign goals, we can put together a media plan to then best achieve those in level set performance KPIs. Yeah, well, just very goes goes very deep, and it's and, and you know it makes sense. You know these these retailers they they have a ton of data, right? And and now they're they're realizing, oh, I can I can monetize this data in a bigger way, in a better way, and uh, more than that, you know, give give a lot of uh, capabilities back to the brands to to grow further in their in their um, in their store. So that's that's really neat to see. Um, I guess you know you you talked about some bottom of funnel and some top of funnel type, um, you know, uh, methods. Um, and I know it's going to vary based on like brand goals. I would say a lot of the brands that we work with are, are, you know, very focused on that bottom of funnel. Um, yep. you know, they want to see that cash register cha-ching. Um, so, you know, where are you kind of like, what, how are you thinking about like balancing on-site versus off-site top of funnel, versus bottom of funnel. I mean, I'd imagine more of the investment is bottom, but you know, you still got to bring bottom and like onsite, but what, yeah, yeah, how do you think about that? Typically what we're looking to do, and it's a great question, every brand is different, which is kind of the, the challenge, I guess, right? Every brand is at different levels of its maturity. Um, so in terms of understanding kind of what their goal is, what we've started to shift a lot of our strategy for in terms of retail media is using it as a customer acquisition channel. So prioritizing new to brand growth. Um, from what we've seen, it's cheaper for us to acquire customers on these retail media marketplaces than it might be driving to either their own direct-to-consumer website or Amazon, for example, typically because there's so fewer options within the retail space. And so rather than competing against hundreds or thousands of similar products, say that you might across Amazon, on the retail media websites, you might only be competing with two or three other competitors who are advertising within that category. And so understanding that, typically then what we've done is we're prioritizing um, rather more so defensive strategies and brand erosion. We're targeting acquisition and trying to grow top line sales in an efficient manner. And, and basically, that's a long way of just saying we're not trying to retarget customers for the most part who have previously purchased um, or are already in our funnel. We hope that they're going to come back. Um, we're trying to use our dollar spend to acquire customers because from what we've seen, that most likely impacts point of sale data at the retail level. And so using what our budgets are is trying to help the, the brand succeed at retail and hit the highest number of velocity by bringing people in who otherwise would have been out of funnel. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Really, really fascinating. And um, I guess, you know, when it comes to offsite and kind of top of funnel um, uh, targeting, um, you know, where, where are there, are there certain, you know, is, is there certain inventory of placements that you see like working, you know, certain placements working really well, or is it really, 
I mean, I assume it changes by category um, and product type, but are there like any big winners that you continue to notice or? That's a, that's a great question. So on most of, if not every programmatic display offering, understanding where your ads are serving is probably the most important thing and caveat going into the, the campaigns and the media plans. And typically what we've seen is depending on the retailer or the marketplace, there's always a limited supply of advent ad inventory available on site and so then what a lot of these retailers do is they have different partners who they work with who they might show their your ads on a different website than you might have actually initially intended or thought that where your campaign was going to be delivering and so what we always do is our due diligence to understand what percentage of spend is going to be spent on site that's going to be your lowest funnel ad delivery because someone's typically then closer to purchasing. They're on the marketplace, they're browsing or they're considering. Um, and then as you go up the funnel, if ads start delivering offsite, typically that is great to re-engage customers who might need additional digital touch points. Um, but then what we try to do is level set those expectations ahead of time with the brand that, hey, there is a percentage of your spend that's going to be delivering offsite. It's going to be more geared towards either brand awareness or consideration. Um, but we're trying to level set those expectations in that it's in a different aspect of the funnel than a retargeting ad that might be delivering on site on a PDP page, for example. Got it. Got it. And so the, the data, you know, you were showing us some of the Instacart data just a bit ago or, or targeting any way that, that relies on their data. Um, is that level of depth um, pretty, pretty standard with with some of these other retailers or? It is typically, I would say, so what we saw across Amazon is Amazon used to be from a programmatic standpoint, only managed service. You had to spend a certain amount to run those campaigns and they were available typically then for larger brands. Over a certain amount of time, self-service basically became available. So now smaller brands also, uh, they were able to remove that barrier to entry and they can run these programmatic ads. That's happening across the entire retail media landscape. And so Instacart is a great offering because it has those tools built out within the same dashboard. Other retail marketplaces are still only managed service where there's high barrier to entries. But what we're expecting in the coming years and probably even shorter than that is self-service availability of those campaigns. And so basically where they have previously had high campaign minimums and a lot of brands couldn't afford to run those, ideally long-term, it's gonna follow the same template that Amazon did and remove those barriers to entry by allowing for advertisers like us to be able to run those for the brands at a much, much lower cost. Got it. And, um, um, but the, from a data standpoint, to get kind of back to your question, the the data is typically, since it's first party owned, it's always there. It's just understanding if it's available to you and you, you're able to pull that data on your own and learn from it, or if you have to go through uh, basically one of the marketplace uh, support specialists to then provide that back to you. And so Instacart does a great job in terms of sharing valuable information like repeat rate um, purchase rate, lifetime value, um, you know, on specific products. So you can understand the value of bringing in a new customer, how many times they might purchase per year. You mm -hmm. can do the same across other retailers. It's just knowing the questions to kind of ask so that you're able to get that information and use it to kind of build your future strategies. Fascinating. Yeah. And, and this might be a little bit of outside of the, the, the exact context of this, this episode, but, um, can't do any can can brands get access or advertisers get access to this data 
uh, and have that data leveraged for other paid media platforms? Like what if I wanted to, you know, get, you know, in-store purchase data um, and then have that delivered into my meta account to, to run ads against it? Like, is, is that something that would, is possible first? Yeah. And so that that's the great question. Um, ideally what everyone's working towards is basically these retailers own vast amounts of customer data. Um, and so typically through the managed service campaigns, you're actually then able to set up um, basically exactly what you're talking about, which would be social campaigns to support those audiences. And, and retailers like Target and Kroger, they have those pre-existing offerings where they're able to then hash those audiences and you can run social campaigns to then target and complement what you're running in store um, through either your search or your display. Um, all the way down to the fact that like if you're running a coupon, you know, or a promotion in store, you can support that with visibility across social and search as well. Wow, really neat. Yeah, I shouldn't I shouldn't be surprised. In fact, I know something somewhat similar that we did, uh, although uh, a couple degrees removed was, you know, running a uh, uh, using Ibotta's retail data um, to run our paid Facebook back to Ibotta to drive in-store and.com for Walmart. And for those of you listening, we we have a case study on our website about that um, and, and it, and it works uh, very well. So um, yeah, not, not surprised, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and really what we're seeing is a lot of brands who previously had to make uh, basically the way we look at it is a lot of brands partner with different retailers. There's a, there's a partnership component to selling in retail stores. Mm -hmm. um, and typically with partnerships, what we've seen is the brand's promise in terms of trade spend that they're going to reinvest back in that partnership. And that could have been through promotions, displays in store. There was a bunch of other things that could kind of be accounted for within trade spend, demoing, sampling, things like that. Now what we're seeing is a lot of brands pull back on those efforts because they're a little bit harder to measure the success of, say, in-store marketing, demos, um, things like that. And they're moving that spend over into advertising because they have that first-party data and they can actually measure the success of those campaigns. So from what we've seen is because of now all of the, the technological advancements and then the availability of all these different types of advertising, whether it's through retail media or social and search, uh, email, whatever it may be, brands are now able to actually invest through e-commerce to then still have the same, if not better effect that they would have seen in store prior. Yeah, just a lot more, a lot more options now for, for brands to drive, to drive retail sales. And, and, you know, from a performance marketing standpoint, you know, I'm a little bit biased because, you know, I want to see that, that direct attribution, right? Um, and so this is this has been really exciting to see because it, it gives us that power with with less kind of workarounds needed. Um, well, we've gone over a lot today. It's it's been it's been really uh, eye opening. Um, and you know, I think I think the big call out too, like overarching call out is you know you're gonna you're gonna start to see diminishing return with you know your 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 on site kind of PPC Amazon ads, and so you know, what, what comes in then that's where Amazon DSP comes in. That's where, you know, uh, Instacart, that's where these other retail media networks, whether it be Critio or others come in, um, to help kind of complement and, and, and really supplement what, what you're already doing. Um, and then I think that, you know, the, the, the efficiency standpoint is, is interesting as well, because, 
you know, you, you, you said something earlier that really struck me and it's, you know, it's, it's cheaper to acquire customers versus Amazon or D2C yet Amazon and D2C are so different. Amazon, you're, you're, you're overwhelmed with options, right? Yeah. D2C, you only have one option. So this is really that kind of middle of the road, road option where, you know, you're, you're getting in front of consumers. It's like, they can still choose a few other brands. You know, you're not just forcing your brand on them to the point where they get maybe suspicious. So do I want to buy from this brand? You know, this is, you know, I, should I go look around at other options? Do I trust this brand and their return policy and, and what have you? Whereas Amazon, it's, it's the opposite. So this middle of the road option, um, it, it, it makes a lot of sense that the, the returns there are very strong. And, and I know we've been seeing, you know, re returns of five, six and, and upwards for, for a majority, I think of our, of our brands and, and even higher. So um, it's working, right? It's working. And so I guess the, the last question, Jason, to, to kind of leave the, leave the audience with would be, you know, what's, what, what's, what's next? I mean, there's, there's so much to do right now. Right. But like, what, are there some like retailers that haven't really, you know, tapped in to, to the, the media side of things yet? Um, you know, I know Kroger rolled it out in a big way at the beginning of this year, but you know, what, what should, um, what should, you know, the brand and brand owners out there be, be thinking about um, when they're planning their, their retail media strategy for this year? Like, where should they start and then where, where, what, what's coming next, you know? Yeah, I, it's a great question. I think what's becoming more and more, um, you know, like readily, readily available is just self-service options where there's not, it doesn't require a huge investment to get started. What's so valuable about a lot of these different marketplaces is what they can do from just a brand awareness standpoint. And, and what we always see with brands is when they launch in retail in actual brick and mortar, you know, locations, how that then spills over to e-commerce. And so what we're able to then do across retail media is in essence, still spur trial and product trial that still long-term is going to help your in-store sales the next time someone goes in person to shop. Or the next time they're scrolling on Amazon, if they see your product side by side next to competitor, but they already tried yours, now all of a sudden it's going to help you with that conversion. And so long-term finding incremental shoppers where you can meet them where they're purchasing um, and just creating the ability to have your product actually in front of them, I think is kind of what everyone strives for at all times. Then you can either do that organically or through advertising. And then long-term is continuing to build that audience so that you don't see that diminishing value. And so through search, you can then complement that with programmatic. And then long-term, you know, I think it's going to kind of spiral into also um, from what we've seen is out-of-home TV ads and, and really streamable ads that don't cost a lot for brands to, to launch on marketplaces like Hulu and others so that you're kind of creating different touch points, whether it's through audio or streaming, and then you're going to have your display and programmatic ads funnel all the way down to your, your sponsored product. Well, yeah, the, 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 the network of networks is getting, getting so much bigger. Right. And, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's where we come in. Right. So <laughs> if anyone listening is, uh, you know, has questions, I'm sure, sure there, there, there's a lot, um, please reach out, leave your questions in the comments below. Feel free to uh, reach out as always um, uh, at hello at vendocommerce.com. Um, we're here for you. We're always happy to talk shop um, and kind of bounce ideas and thoughts off, off you. So 
um, definitely reach out, let us know. Um, and uh, other than that, um, anything else, Jason? I, I, no pressure. You've, you've, you've no, good, good on my end. Um, again, as always, happy to help because, because this is a pretty rapidly evolving marketplace, but I think the, the prospects of it are, are really, really exciting and we haven't seen it slow down uh, at all, really, which is, I think, really exciting for brands as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is the this is the new wave, and I don't think it's going away. Um, you know, if you're looking for more cost efficient ways to drive to drive a acquisition to help with your in store uh, velocities, uh, retail media is where you need to be. So, um, hopefully, this helps helps with getting that going for you or or optimizing it. Um, but we'll be coming out with more content here in the near future. So, please uh, come back and and look out for that. But thank you everyone for joining today and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks guys.